Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. Heyo, it is I, Jeff Dwoskin, your host of Classic Conversations and of Crossing the Streams. Welcome to a bonus episode where we feed you segments from our live show, Crossing the Streams. I know, so easy. What is Crossing the Streams? That is the place where we answer the universal question, what should I be binge watching next? It's a group of friends just talking about shows that they love and think you will love too. These bonus episodes are segments from various episodes of our live show, which is every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch along with us and comment along on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. We love when our fans comment along with us. But today, we've got three special segments from episode 78, Howard Rosner's Bring In Anchorman Wake Up Ron Burgundy, from episode 87, Yours Truly with Piranha 3D, from episode 89, The Champion with Bob Phillips. As a matter of fact, let's kick it off with Bob telling us all about The Champion. Take it away, Bob. All right, speaking of, uh, well, not funny, but let's go to our next movie, which is The Champion, which is a uh, Holocaust drama around a boxer. So, of course, Bob Phillips. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate uh, this being recommended to me. I had never heard of it, and I don't think a lot of people heard of it. It came out in uh, at the height of the pandemic, or it was supposed to come out. Then it was delayed until 2021. It's a Polish film, zero name actors in here, not even not even a Brit thrown in there to uh, you know get some name recognition. Usually they'll do that in European productions. So the story is about Teddy. Piotrkowski, Piotrkowski, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. In 1940, he was in the first wave of prisoners taken to Auschwitz from Poland. The fact that he was a boxer is, you know, obviously it plays a big part in the movie, but I had to, I had to kind of adjust my thinking about this, watching the movie to enjoy it, because this is not a boxing movie. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a, a boxing is, integral to the plot and integral to you obviously rooting for him uh well we root for anybody who was in Auschwitz but in this case he became a beacon for other prisoners to uh pin their hopes on uh when they were you know when they thought all was lost they had this little guy Teddy who was a he was a 114 pounder that's a bantamweight and he was a Polish champion I don't think he was a pro champion at the time but when he was taken to Auschwitz uh, it wasn't readily known that he was a boxer and he just kind of was doing his thing. And of course, the, the Germans find out and then uh, he becomes the entertainment, right? It's so hard to watch and not think of how how bitter a person could become in that situation and how devastated they could become. I mean, there are some scenes that are just that are that are just almost too much to watch. I mean, they you know, they, uh, the Germans put him up for sport, right? And they know he's a good boxer and they pit him against other prisoners and he's just 
walking right through them because most of them, including him, are malnourished. They're not getting any sleep. They're working all day. I mean, it, you know, it's just horrific. Uh, well, then, then the Germans show some, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say kindness, but they figured that he's better alive than dead. So they give him extra food and they now he's fighting some Germans, right? And he's beating them. He's dispatching them with regularity. And that's, you know, that obviously that gives hope to the, the Auschwitz prisoners. And so, like I said, I, ha- I would kept switching gears as I was watching this. It's not Rocky and it's not the pianist. It's something unto itself. It's very good. The boxing scenes, because I'm a purist, you know, I'm going to look at it and go, eh, you know, I, you know, that, that clearly he didn't get hit with that punch, whatever. It doesn't even matter. The story is the story. It's a true story. It's, uh, uh, it's amazing what this man does. I don't want to give everything away, but during his time fighting for the German sport, they inject him with typhus. I mean, they're experimenting on this guy as as they did other prisoners. Um, and there was a point at which he is offered his freedom. He can actually leave the camp and go somewhere else. And he says, no, you know, the original John McCain, right? No, nope, not leaving. So I have such a huge respect for the guy for, for a number of different reasons, as you would imagine. But he also had a, a very interesting life after he left, um, after, he, after the, the, the war was over. Uh, he was at the uh, the Nuremberg trials. He testified against Rudolf Hess. He he was married three times. <laughs> yeah, he was a bit of a rounder. You know, he was a little ladies man, and uh, he was just uh, just a character. You know, he he didn't. It doesn't appear that he carried those scars from the camp all his life. I mean, I'm sure he could. Nobody could have gone through that without uh, having some scars, but. Uh, yeah, married three times, uh, comes out and uh, be, and and wins. Uh, I think he won a European title in 1946. Kept living his life, and it's a uh, it's a great uh, uplifting story. One thing that's uh, I thought was really interesting about this, I read the uh, uh, technically this is the first movie. Now, when you watch it, it's uh, I watched the uh, English dub version, and this is the first film. I just read about it yesterday that. It's the first film where they they dubbed in English, but they also went back and they changed the mouth movements of the actors to match the English. Because when you're speaking Polish, you can't just throw English out of that mouth. It you know it, you know how odd it looks. But this was done by a firm in Tel Aviv, and it relies on AI. And they say it's a similar to a deepfake, but not the same. So when you're watching it, there's there's moments where it's a bit like The Irishman. Remember the the de aging? You're watching a 75 year old Robert De Niro. <laughs> beating up a guy in the street and it's just yeah. so bad. Uh, this isn't as bad, but it takes you out of it a little bit, uh, but it doesn't diminish the story. It's a great story. And whether you like boxing or not, it's uh, it's well worth watching. So I, I watched it also. So a uh, couple of things on the box. Right? There's, uh, there's a few movies that were, none of which any of us would have seen, but foreign films that were based on his life. And the interesting thing and the reason I would say that people should watch this movie it's a very intriguing story, but there's also an element to it where they don't pull any punches on the, the Auschwitz scenes or yeah. the vulgarities of how the Nazis treated the Polish or the Jews or anyone in the camps. And if, you know, as, as we sort of enter this new kind of era where people are, you know, forgetting that other people are humans, right? Where women's rights, trans rights, any, any, any other type of person like that 
Jews, blacks, anything. It's it's important to watch a movie like this and sort of see firsthand where that rabbit hole can go to and how horrible it can actually become where people stop thinking of other people as mm. human beings. And you know, there's many scenes in this movie where they march the Jews and the Polish and people and whoever's in those camps, take off your clothes. We're going to give you a shower. You'll get a warm meal after. And, you know, they, the people walk in, they drop in the containers of poison. Mm. You hear the screams and they're, and they're dead. And they multiple times they, they showed that and just Nazis walking up to people and just killing them because it was Mm. convenient or fun. And it's one of those things where when you watch it, it's, it's something you can say, oh, it happened then. But it's the same kind of mentality that is starting to emerge now when people scream, let's go Brandon, or people even hint at the idea that a civil war might be something that we're on the path to. Watch a movie like this and, and start to realize what dangers that line of thinking is and how we have to really kind of come out of it before it's too late. Yeah, that, there's that a lot going on. Yeah, so... All right, Bob, great job as always. I know that got a little deep, but it's important message and it's a great movie. Definitely check out The Champion, but let's lighten it up for a second and head on over to a segment from episode 78, Howard Rosner, Anchorman, Wake Up, Ron Burgundy, The Lost Movie. Take it away, Ross. I'm really interested in in this next show, uh, Anchorman, Wake Up, Ron Burgundy. I will tell you that I did not know that this even existed before this past Monday. And it was mentioned to me in passing and I looked it up and I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. So first of all, I have to go back and tell you that Jeff and I, with our wife, our, my ex-wife, his still wife, we saw Anchorman in the theater together. I think if I'm not mistaken, you and I sat in front of our wives and we're like <laughs> smacking each other, laughing uh, so hard. They wanted no so part great. of us. Yeah, they wanted no part of us. They knew we were going to be laughing like, like schoolgirls, uh, and <laughs> and rightfully so. I will never forget to this day. We were laughing, laughing, laughing. But the moment of Anchorman when Baxter the dog jumps down into the bear pit and does the speech <laughs> that's subtitled, the two of us were snot out our nose, <laughs> laughing hysterically. I will never forget. Baxter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I came across one of your kind in my journeys. So I love. <laughs> Anchorman. It is one of my favorite comedies of all time, no question. It is quotable from beginning to end. How do you feel so, about Anchorman two? I know it's a little um, divergence here, but well, let's is, let's focus on Anchorman one, and then let's do Anchorman. Yeah, two yeah, yeah. I've right. got many okay. comments come, about I'll Anchorman. Come, I'll come back. Right. To that. <laughs> um, so what this is, and it's when you're watching it, it's stunning. They took unused footage from the first movie. And they must have shot these other plot lines that maybe they were going to use as secondary plot lines Hmm. and then basically deleted scenes from the first movie. I guess some of them are deleted scenes on this DVD for the first movie, but they pieced them together with updated narration and turned it into a complete secondary movie that basically is set just after the first movie ended. So they make it where Ron and Veronica are co-anchors. Um, <laughs> and it is, it's not a great, great movie. I'll say that. But 
first of all, it's just stunning when you're watching it going, how much extra did they shoot that they didn't use? Like, yeah. it's like, I mean, there's there's some scenes. There's a scene where the four of them are driving in a station wagon. And it's uh, I think it, it was set to be right in the first movie when Ron comes back, when they call him back to broadcast after he's been exiled to, <laughs> to broadcast, you know, the beer giving birth, the panda giving birth. And they're in the station wagon driving to it. And it's uh, a follow up on Champ. The scenes of you know basically saying I miss you. We should, when this is all over, we should get an apartment together. And it's him professing his love and his attraction to Ron. And it's it's a really funny scene. You, so you can see there, like okay, that was too long. They didn't need it, but they turned it into something totally mm. different, which is amazing. So that's the first part that's kind of cool. The first third starts kind of slow. The middle third is hysterical. It's very hysterical. Final third, the end of it was okay but basically the gist of the storyline is veronica's trying to get more big stories and there's a uh, local terrorist group that calls themselves the alarm clock trying to wake everybody up that is uh it's <laughs> Ma maya rudolph paul hauser who's been in a bunch of stuff he's the guy that had the uh party that they steal the uh alcohol from and super bad that that guy <laughs> kicks uh, Joe Latruglio in the uh, uh, in the balls at the beginning of that scene. It's some good people and they're this they're robbing banks and Veronica's come upon a lead to track them down. She's figured out who they are. Ron and the new and the boys Ron decides he wants to be an investigative journalist as well, a serious journalist. He steals the lead and they track him down. It basically gets Veronica kidnapped. He's got to come to the rescue and and that's the plot of the movie essentially and it's um, all from unused footage from the first film. totally they shot wow. nothing new i mean and again it's a it's not a half hour short it's a full-length movie and when and did that's this why come you're out watching. i think if somebody can look it up so yeah so that's crazy never even yeah. knew it existed. i i never knew it was either so uh yeah it's probably the the stealing the show in it the two that steal the show is fred willard is no. just there's two or three clearly <laughs> when, improvised. when does he not uh i mean <laughs> amazing and then they make references to his kid obviously in the first one when he's mm -hmm. talking uh on the phone his kid is in the mood in this movie and his kid is played <laughs> by justin long who always kills as well and, oh yeah, uh, yeah look if you're a huge anchorman fan don't get your hopes up that it's going to be a great follow-up but it definitely it fits the canon of Anchorman. All right. Let me ask you this now. Yeah. Is it better than the official Anchorman 2? I don't think so. So I, okay. I, and I'm sorry, Jerry didn't. The more, like, I really was disturbed watching Anchorman 2 in the movie theater. When I see it on cable now, or I think I bought I didn't have Anchorman owned, so I bought like the Anchorman, Anchorman 2 bundle on Apple TVs, iTunes, so I own both. I've watched it a couple of times. There are some <laughs> very funny bits in Anchorman yeah. 2. There are. When, there are. First of all, there's a couple of lines I use all the time out of nowhere, which is, uh, you know what they call bats? The chicken of the cave. Or you know what they call cats? <laughs> the, chick the chicken of the rail yard. The scene where Ron goes, yeah, the scene where Ron goes to the family of his boss and he's yeah. trying to act 
Uh, he's trying to use all these African American cliches and language. That is that seems so funny because it's so awkward and uncomfortable. Uh, the continuation of the second fight scene in yeah, uh, that I like the, the second fight scene. You know, with uh, Tim Robbins. And I've all. never, I, I, I never, I've never made it to the second fight scene. The Anchorman wow. two, Anchorman two. Well, let me just say Anchorman one. So here's Anchorman one. And Very just to give you an idea how much I love Anchorman, there's me on Halloween. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was at work. So I was I was obsessed. I love Ron Burgundy. I even have footage of my youngest daughter, Emma. We had she would wear the hat, the wig, and the jacket <laughs> from that costume. And I taught her all the lines. <laughs> and like That's she's I said, so I got footage of like like six year old Emma, like, you ate the whole wheel of cheese. I'm not even mad. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> So, Anchorman Two, I we left in the middle for some reason. I don't remember why, but something happened and we had to leave. It was never a movie I was more happy to exit. You, you didn't care to follow up at five years later. I was watching it for free on cable and still could not make it through. Mm. And I mean, I love Will Ferrell. I love Anchorman One and Anchorman Two. I just there wasn't anything. And oddly enough, it was like. They did the same thing with Anchorman 2. There's an entire second version of Anchorman 2 because they shot so much and just did stuff off the cuff. Well, you know, that's funny, like, for a scene. But if you're seriously making a movie, I mean, it's like you have to have some respect for the people that are eventually going to watch it and not just have a good time shooting it. But anyway, but that's, yeah, Anchorman 2 is, uh, I thought, an abomination. If you if you love the first one again, it's not uh, it's not expecting Anchorman. Mm. It follows up pretty well, and and again, it, one of the reasons it's kind of better than Anchorman Two is because you can see pieces that were cut from scenes that are great in the first movie, and how they just by changing the narration they incorporated them at sort of different moments. Like there's a scene where Brian Fantana is reporting on something and his hair's wet and a guy walks by and makes a comment about how bad he smells. And you're like, okay, I see now that that was a follow-up to the uh, Sex Panther scene. Mm, And, uh, you know, after they hose him down, you're like, that's where that came from. So you can kind of see how where those cuts come from and why they didn't use them in the first movie, but how they incorporated them into this kind of pseudo-sequel, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I I don't remember a single iconic scene from that movie. I saw it in the theaters and just left, went, okay, whatever. I don't remember anything except the the extended uh, fight scene, which I thought was funny. That was it. Uh, and you know, in the other part is the uh, the clear parodying of CNN doing stories on stuff that that doesn't matter, yeah. that nobody cares about you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, that was it was it's it's not a great movie. I'd never watch it from beginning to end. But if it's on cable and I'm eating lunch, I'll watch. Okay. That's a lot of Anchorman lore. Great story, Roz. Loved hearing about when we first saw that movie together. So fun. So fun. So many memories. Tell us what Anchorman movie you love the best. Tag us on Twitter at Jeff Jawaskin Show. We want to hear it. But let's wrap things up. The next segment is from episode 87, Piranha 3D, which happens to star Jessica Zor, my guest on Classic Conversations episode 168. Jessica's also the star of Gossip Girl and The Orville. But here we're going back to Piranha 3D. You're going to love it. Enjoy. 
All right, let's talk about Piranha. Now, this is Piranha 3D. Okay, yeah, so because this is the... you wouldn't watch it without 3D. Right. Well, this is Piranha yeah. 3D. This is, came out. In, <laughs> this came out in 2010. So let me let me a quick history. Jaws comes out in 1975. <laughs> That's a movie about hmm. shark. Maybe you've heard of it. And then uh, uh, Piranha comes out. Now, Piranha, the original Piranha comes out this is sort of uh this is the first in a series of low b budget films inspired by jaws by legendary producer roger corman the director of the 1978 piranha keep in mind this is just backstory we're going to talk about the 2010 was directed by joe dante who went on to direct Mm. many 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 things that you uh likely love including uh the howling the burbs what do we got you know just a, a lot of great stuff he's done i think uh there might be gremlins in there <laughs> i don't know anyway it does it. a lot of good stuff so then piranha which took the idea of jaws but you know adapted it to little fish that eat you had a sequel and that sequel in 1982 was called piranha 2 the spawning the director of this <laughs> film was a little known director named james cameron oh. so now this now, this film almost was tried. They tried to block it, the Jaws people, because it was coming out at the same time as Jaws 2. So you can imagine. Uh, but Steven Spielberg sort of gave a little bit of a blessing. And then that came out. All right. So that was called Piranha 2, The Spawning. That's a James Ca- spawning. James Cameron went on to do Terminator and, of course, Avatar. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's Cameron. Is that I Cameron? Is yeah, that yeah, how? James, yeah, Cameron. <laughs> a little, with, little film called Titanic. And oh yes, yeah. and Titanic. And he did Titanic. Avatar. Now, now flash forward to 2010, and you have the movie Piranha. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of you kind of scoffed for a moment, but you know, I love Sharknado, and this is gonna be in the vein of Sharknado. I will say that Piranha, and it's called Piranha, but it is it is also called Piranha 3D because it's it's in 3D. It was released mm. in 3D, but it's also a and it was remake. Third. It's sort of a comedy remake, a loose remake of the original Piranha. Now, just to give you an idea, on Rotten Tomatoes, the, what do you call it? The, uh, the score. Part, the score on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> is 74%. Now, the audience score is 43%, but the critics gave it a rousing. They loved this movie. Now, before we get into it, the director of this movie was Alexandre Aja, I believe I pronounced that correctly. He also redid The Hills Have Eyes in 2006 and Mirrors in 2018. So he's got a little bit of a pedigree. Now, you may you may say Piranha. Well, Piranha was able to do what Jaws 2 wasn't able to do, which may be one of the reasons to say, uh, <laughs> which was to get this Piranha movie was able to get Richard Dreyfus to be in the movie, which uh, Jaws 2 was not. Now, this movie with Richard Dreyfuss, in the very beginning, it's more of a cameo, but he literally plays the same character. He's in this? Jaws. Yes. Dry- wow, okay. So now, this the whole idea of this movie. Now, this movie has Elizabeth Shue, Christopher Lloyd, hmm. Jerry O'Connell, Jessica Zor, who that's from, uh, Jessica Zor is on the Orville right now, and she was very hot at the time this movie came out. It was like in between seasons, uh, early seasons of the Gossip Girl. And she was one of the main characters on Gossip Girl. And Adam Scott is in this movie as well. So there's, nice. uh, and Ving Rhymes is in this movie as well. So the Poor cast, Ving, Ving Rhymes is in this movie as well. <laughs> Somebody's drinking. So, but, but what I'm saying is my point is 
It's got a, a good director. It's got an amazing cast. And I got to say, it's a fun movie to watch. It's on Netflix. You can watch it on Netflix. And I will say that while everyone delivers the expected, oh no, the, uh, you know, everyone's getting eaten by Piranha, great acting. Jerry O'Connell deserves an Oscar for his portrayal of his character in this. He is so Man over the top. He is so over the top a douchebag in this movie. He's like a porn <laughs> guy. Yeah. And like he, his main thing is just to give you an idea of this movie. So they would, this movie is so gross, by the way. If you don't, can't handle gross, then you could, there's a scene where like they're all coming in when all the teenagers on spring break are in the water and in the boats and the just the piranhas are just coming in. And when I tell you, if you can picture like a Jaws being bit once, imagine like the grossness of like a thousand fish just tearing somebody apart or like someone's hair getting caught in a motor of a boat and it just, you can picture what happens. It happens. All right. It's like, I'm not going to describe it. It's so horrible. It's so horrible to watch, but it's also so fun to watch. So and is it played for laughs? Is it campy? Yeah. It's like a comedy horror film. Okay. Comedy horror film. And so Christopher Lloyd plays the guy. Oh, these fish, this is important. They catch one. Right. And so what happens is there's sort of like a thing underwater and it opens up the underneath and it opens into this new you know to a caverns or whatever and so that's how the the piranha get there so these are like ancient prana not just prana they're ancient prana oh how do we get you know he knows of course all about the piranha and adam scott plays it straight in this movie <laughs> great and it's just it's fun it's if you want to like in the same sense that i'm sure selling the oc is fun this is fun movie to watch at no point you go this is the worst movie ever you go this is like a movie i just shouldn't be enjoying fun to yeah. watch but you have to be able to you shouldn't, shouldn't uh sharknado was gross if you didn't like the smushing this goes way beyond that okay so jerry o'connell falls in the water and they pull him out and half his 90% of his flesh is gone, but he's, and he's like, they took my penis. They took my penis. <laughs> and then there's a whole 3d scene of his penis floating and the, and the fish eats it and then spits it out. It's, it was so unnecessary, <laughs> unnecessary and craving. yet necessary and yet necessary. So <laughs> this movie comes from a long line of, you know, reputable versions of these type of B movies, horror comedy type things. Now this movie did so well. It did really well. I think a 25 million budget. I think it made like 80 million. It did. It did well for a summer fair and it spawned the movie Piranha 3DD, which uh, <laughs> is not as talked about as much as Piranha 3D. <laughs> is it, is, quite, should it be three double D? It wasn't yeah. canon. That's why. Yeah. It just, <laughs> Yeah, that movie basically was uh, horrible reviews all around. When did this movie come out, Jeff? The one that you're this is a 2010 movie. Okay, so CGI is good by at that time. Yeah, the fish is great. The piranha are great in this movie, and and them getting eaten is great. And it's funny; it sets itself up for a sequel at the very, very end. And but then they just. You know, they just go schlock with it. <laughs> so Ron's like, this is, no, no, this is great. This is I, great. No, dude, this, this is right up my alley. I, I would I would absolutely watch something like this. My I would watch it too. Drivel and something, because, you know, you're talking to somebody who absolutely adores Sharknado. 
So, so you're a Sharknado fan. I didn't know that. Oh, how could you not be a Sharknado fan? I never watched it. I don't know. So, but but yeah, Piranha, it's a fun movie. Is there uh, uh, any, uh, any uh, nudity? There's nudity. There's violence. This movie's got it all. It's got it all. (laughs) I laughed. I cried. I do. It's got all the I saw a floating penis. It's got all the feels. It's friends became enemies. Enemies became friends. It's got Richard Dreyfus. You know, it's I know got, exactly the clip you're talking about. Ron. It's got the perfect Christopher Lloyd. So, cameo. so is, is Richard Dreyfus playing a Hooper type guy who comes in and let me tell you what's really no, going no, no. On He's here. like just in the very beginning. The Earth is disrupted underneath him. And so he's just like in a fishing boat, but he's also kind of singing, uh, show me the way to go home. And and then he gets killed. Like he's dead within the first five minutes. Oh, okay. Let, let me show you the creme de la creme. Mary Sue Moffat. <laughs> I can't even I can't, broke my heart. I I can't even imagine the money Christopher Lloyd and Richard Dreyfus gave. I bet they were on there for one day and walked off and they probably made a fortune. But these are the type of movies that can go so bad. And this movie was done great. And just to show you, like when they eventually went and made the sequel to this one. Yeah. You know, they so I feel up. like, I, I feel like there are versions of this to your point, Jeff, that, that do go horribly wrong. Like I, like I'm looking directly at like um, snakes on a plane or, um, you know, although I'm Anaconda. 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 I thought Anaconda was good. Snakes on a plane, I think, actually made money. There, there's I, a I new version of that. that uh, Beast, you know, with uh, yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah, that's another one. Trapped yeah, in yeah. a car and a lion's coming in. Well, I think they made that. It's called Cujo. It's called Cujo. Stupid. Cujo. Uh, you know, listen, the, form- the formula works as long as it works, you know, and, and this sounds like this is uh, perfectly done. Uh, sounds like it made a bunch of money, so, so good for them. For uh, all the shark movies that got remade. After Jaws, you know, Orca, the, 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 right? All the shots. Yeah, Orca. God, that Richard Harris was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. In, in between uh, blackout uh, drunk periods, he managed to <laughs> film a, a movie. Good lord! No, dis- uh, no distress signal had been sent. I always forget to put that. I always forget <laughs> to put my, that that's, up. That's you, my favorite. That's my favorite line. He was so drunk filming those scenes. They had to roll him on like like Hannibal Lecter on a dolly. Weekend at Bernie's. All right. What a fun episode. Piranha 3D, The Champion, Anchorman, Wake Up Ron Burgundy. That's a lot. That's a lot. There's even more on our YouTube channel. Head on over there. Type in Classic Conversations, Jeff Dewaskin Show. There's like 89 plus episodes, 89 hours of TV binge watching suggestion conversations you can just dive into. In the bonus episodes in this stream, I think we've I think we've delivered like 96 suggestions. That's crazy. Whoa. All right. Well, anyway, Anchorman, Wake Up Around Burgundy, The Champion, Prana 3D. You have a lot of homework. Go plop yourself on your favorite spot of the couch, grab the remote, cross your own streams, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.